passage familiar? We read it uh, two weeks ago, but we're still in Christmas tide, so I thought we'd read it again until next year. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him available for them. And there were shepherds watching, living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Day in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It still doesn't get tiresome, does it? It's great, Lord, as we pack away the festive decorations and uh, we, we think about dry January some maybe. (laughs) Yet, Lord, you abide. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Sorry? (laughs) Which bit? January, January, yeah. Last Sunday, I think it was in the morning, I, um, on the 29th, I shared a few thoughts on one of the names of Jesus that was given uh, at his announcement from Matthew 123, God is Emmanuel, God with us. And I was reflecting on, on how different that would be uh, for us if we could grasp something of the magnitude and the breadth that he is with us, not against us, he's, not, he's with us, not absent, he is with us. Uh, Phil, this morning, as he, he spoke from one of the hard sayings of Jesus, uh, touched on um, a reminder for this year. There's just one small correction I want to make uh, to Phil's sermon. Uh, that, oh, I know. I nearly heckled you this morning, but I thought Phil uh, said the most common, everyone's a bit like, oh gosh, a bit of pastor controversy going on. Uh, Hermes giving me a look like, dare, dare I? <laughs> You're intrigued. Okay, that's your intrigued look. Okay, so uh, Phil said that the most common um, uh, common commandment in the Bible is, do not be afraid, fear not. Absolutely. And he said there are 365 in the, the Bible. That you hadn't counted, but I'm taking that on trust. And you said one for each day of the year. And I thought it's a leap year, Phil, this year. <laughs> just thought I'd just point out. Anyway. But um, that just made me, uh, I, I'm not undermining what Phil said at all, but fear not is so, so important. And I think they dovetail with God is with us. God with us. Fear not. 
Uh, one of the highlights, if I'm allowed to, to tell you this, of, of the Christmas um, season, and it shouldn't be, and, and it must go no further than this room and the recording on the World Wide Web, <laughs> is that... No idea what you're talking about there. It's going to be a long night. Um, was the nativity service. Kate, you were, you were here and it was wonderful and we had all the children well dressed. And there was that beautiful, wonderful moment. I wouldn't name the child, but the child was here dressed as the angel Gabriel. And she was doing the annunciation uh, saying, and do not be afraid, fear not, for you will be a child. And she was all wonderfully dressed up and acting the part. She'd learned a line. She was brilliant. And she went, fear not. And then she kind of, for dramatic effect, I think, looked out at everybody and was overwhelmed by the 400 eyes looking back at her and burst into tears. And I thought, how ironic, having just delivered the line, fear not. But it uh, did make me chuckle in an empathetic way. <laughs> Stage fright. And she wonderfully had it all back together when she did the announcement to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. At the end of this Christmas season, we don't pack this away. God is with us. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Someone once, when asked about what they would like to be prayed for, answered wisely, pray that I don't let fear dictate my decisions. As we enter into 2020, God is with us, God is for us, and let's not let fear dictate your or my or our decisions as a church. All through the scriptures, and particularly in the Christmas stories, there are two choices that are made. Those born out of faith and those not. And I pray that we will let faith, that choice for Jesus, that choice of trust in the word of God, that choice to respond to the nudging and the inspiration and the prompt of the Holy Spirit will become more and more real. Hebrews 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is is playing to win, whereas fear dictates, if we let fear dictate our decisions, it's actually causing us to play to lose. See, when we grasp that God is with us, for us, implicitly, naturally, that statement, do not be afraid, do not fear, flows on. That if we grasp and hold and trust and know that God is good, that God is good, that we will not fear. If the God who is good is with us, we will not fear. I mean, we will fear. I mean, we do fear. We, we get caught up with all sorts of things. But I'm trying to, to set the frame upon which uh, we find our lives described. You see, we, we, um, we are often so conditioned, I was, uh, by, by 
so many uh, things. I don't need to tell you about all the phobias that can be there and in no way minimise those life-controlling phobias. I, I was talking with them and um, I was talking about a gentleman is in his 60s and I said, how was Christmas this year? Not worried about what people think of me. And I was amazed uh, in some ways that, that he said, this would be the first year that I wouldn't be living my life conditioned by what I think other people think of me. We tend to run from or allow those things that we are afraid of, those things that are stemming from out there and not from God to define our lives. That in other words, they become the puppet master pulling our strings emotionally or behaviorally. And it's contrary to discipleship. Fear, whatever the threat is of real or imagined, fear locks us, stifles us, makes us freeze. The anticipation of something fearful stops us from seeing and taking opportunities and from becoming who God wants us to be. Fear causes us to feel unprotected, unsafe, and insecure. It stems often from shame. We are fearful that our shame, our defectiveness, will be exposed. And so, sometimes we construct life around ways to avoid being frightened. If we live with a fear of intimacy, we don't have people close. If we fear failure, we will live within the orbit of what we can achieve, what we can control, and not step out in faith, which risks failure. If we fear rejection, again, we will perhaps be controlling. Do you see the pattern? And yet Jesus comes to set the captives free. And fear is part of that. Remember uh, that what um, the apostle says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This isn't to condemn you and say, oh, how dare you fear, you should know better by now. But in this journey that Christ has, uh, has called us upon and in this relating to the good Father, we are, he says, like clay. He is the potter. He is in the craft and the business of perfecting us in love. And in love, there is no fear. And part of the journey, part of what I believe he wants to do in my life and perhaps in yours, is work out that fear by his love. To recraft us such that that isn't the definer or the controller or the key aspect of life. As we grow, God's love will grow within us. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, and there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. 
that was the NIV, the English Standard, translate that as filled with great fear. Or if you're a King James fan, they were sore afraid. Uh, I reflect on the word sore. It's when we, um, uh, when something is, is overused, if you over-exercise, you have soreness. If you rub your eyes too much, they get sore. We get sore when we overuse something. Sore afraid, fear dictating decisions. Fear getting the best instead of God getting the best of you. In the birth of Jesus... Someone commented that the angels in angel school must learn their first line in appearing. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mary and Joseph had every right to have fear in all of its forms. Parents, firstborn, don't drop it. How do you feed it? Why is the baby crying? Well, Maybe away in the manger was right after all, we never know. If you don't know what reference that is to the line, look up this carol away in the manger. They had financial anxiety, they, they, they had to go to Bethlehem to pay the ever present tax. Not so long later, there were death threats, they had to escape in the middle of the night as refugees flee. Far away from friends and family and country whole range of fear. Fear is in the Christmas story, yet the angels announce, fear not. Good news, great joy, glad tidings. It's not an either or binary, but the reality that into the midst, into our life, in, through the incarnation, into our world, and again and again by his spirit, 365 or even 366 days in a year, if we've not got it, fear not. Fear not. Right from when Abraham appeared, uh, God appeared to Abraham in Genesis, the very first thing he said, fear not, I will protect you. To Isaac, fear not, I am with you and I will bless you. To Moses, when they were trapped between the Red Sea and the attackers coming with all their cavalry, stand still and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. To Joshua at the Jordan River, fear not, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not abandon you. The angel to Joseph, fear not. To Mary, fear not. On the boat in the Sea of Galilee, Jesus said, fear not, I am with you. To John, when he was exiled on Patmos, had that revelation of Jesus who said, fear not, I am the first and the last. Again and again and again, fear not. God is good. God is good. At a conference a couple of years ago, I heard the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, um, I was going to say Rome Williams, that would date me, um, Justin Welby, that's the one. And uh, he was in a question and answer Session And he, asked, he was asked in front of about 1,500 uh, leaders, what's the greatest challenge we face as Christ's followers? His answer without a moment's hesitation, just like that. He said, every Christian I meet cannot quite believe that they are loved by God. That's at the heart of the season. We are loved by God. 
He is good. Fear not. In Bethlehem, God is with us. At Calvary, God is for us. Do you know that? God is with us and God is for us. Fear in prisons, faith liberates. Fear tends to paralyze, whereas faith will empower. Fear disheartens, faith will encourage. Fear will sicken, faith will lead to wholeness. Fear makes useless, faith makes serviceable. And most of all, fear puts hopelessness at the heart of life, whereas faith rejoices in its God. I want to close with a a prayer. I'll pray it through and, and then maybe you'd like to join in. recognize that I'm inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear and doubt and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. But they're not my natural air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe and live. I am inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land, faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Whereas faith is the oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear and doubt and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. This is not my native air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe freely and live. Father, I know sometimes the fears aren't always front and center in our minds when we we gather now to worship. They come in the night. They come when the circumstance repeats and the 
the word is, is spoken or the, the, the manner in which it's spoken by a colleague or fa- family member or, or the anniversary rolls up. I pray as, as we have spoken of twice today, do not be afraid. Jesus, thank you, you are with us. that you are the light even in the deepest darkness. That you are the hope even to those who feel most marginalized. And that you are good. We recognize that Satan and all his plans and purposes will rob and steal and destroy and belittle and taint rubbish but I thank you that he is not the final word that his influence is limited and how much more you Lord who are faithful and good the at work potter who can fashion and recreate and you haven't given up on us you are for us you are with us. Holy Spirit, breathe life. Breathe love. In your abiding presence. As we get perfected in love, we pray that those who happen upon us as individuals or as we gather together as people of God would encounter the steadfast of the love of the Lord which never ceases. They'd encounter hope and faith. Lord, in this day of, of threats and imminence of conflict, of instability in our national and international world, of so much that would cause us to think what's this year in store what's the future of our planet that we renew our faith and trust in you who is with us fear not for Jesus is the alpha and the beginning and the end, the first and the last.